So, hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Soundcast with myself, Glenn Price, and uh, my co-host, Ollie Warner. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Um, we've also got a guest with us this week, Mr. Sean Evans. So, uh, welcome to the podcast, Sean. Thank you. Evening, both. Cheers. Thanks, Sean. Um, obviously, Sean is uh, the manager of the SCFC ladies team, so we're going to get a nice insight to uh, the, the ladies team and some actual winning footballs we've just been talking about before the podcast recorded. So, so um, before we get on, really, I suppose the best question to ask you is how long have you been a town fan? What was your first game? And... Any other memories, really? I've been a town fan now. It's probably approaching 20 years. I remember my first game like it was yesterday. It was uh, <laughs> Mansfield Town at the Old Gay Meadow. Um, kind of kind of went there by a bit of, bit of well, I wouldn't say luck, I don't know, really. <laughs> um, my my dad was going to take me to watch uh, Middlesbrough play because we know Nigel Pearson. We were trying to get tickets to go and watch the game there when he was playing for Middlesbrough. Uh, didn't quite work out, so we decided to go to the Shrewsbury game. So me, at the time, didn't even know Shrewsbury Town were, but fell in love at the first game. And and here I am now, sat here, um, stressed every week. <laughs> um, but that was my first game, 3-2, we won. I remember oh. Devon White scored, I remember Benny Gull having an absolute shocker, and I remember, I think it was Darren Curry got two. Um, oh, class. But it's one of those, you know, you go to your first game and then all of a sudden you feel hooked. Yeah. And you just want to go again and again. And, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change my team no. For the world, even no. though they stress the hell out of me. Yeah, exactly. That's what a lot of people say when they come on, isn't it? Is that you get that first game and it's our local team, our local pride and all that sort of thing. It, it goes with a lot of us. So, yeah, there we go, Ollie. It's 20 years of experience, a bit less than us, isn't it? So, yeah, we made it to number 20, Ollie. That's quite an exciting thing to start with, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's quite. It's a good. It's a, it's a nice number, but um, yeah, it's um, a shame we'd have better things to talk about in terms of results. <laughs> but yeah, nice to get to number 20 and um, yeah. Gets keep on, we keep on going, don't we? Yeah, we keep on going. Obviously, we've got the uh, only the one game to talk about. It was the, the another dull affair at the Meadow. Um, Shrewsbury nil and Fleetwood nil. So we've got that to go through. So I think um, we're going to try and keep the uh, the length of this one down after our mammoth podcast last week. So I think we'll dip, dig straight into that, Ollie. Away eventually, off it goes to Holt. He does really well. This is Humphrey. It's two nil Shrewsbury Town. Okay, so Shrewsbury um, played on Saturday in the FA Cup second round against Fleetwood. Um, opportunity to get some revenge on Fleetwood um, didn't quite work out that way. Um, the game ended nil nil. Um, another um, another another game where we didn't score, which is a bit frustrating. But I guess the positive it was a clean sheet. Um, so the team was Luke Viler again. Dom Smith came in for Grimmer, who we assume was um, not fully recovered from his injury uh, in the yeah. last game. Um, El Abd um, and McGiven, um, Sadler, Deegan, Black, O'Brien, Brown, Dodds, and Tony. Um, and I guess before it's actually the question on the formation, Glenn, I can see that the attendance was pretty shocking. Um, mm. Less than 3,000, so um, nearly 800 less or something like that than the Barnet game. Um, right. And I guess, I don't know, well, obviously, if you, great if you could t- tell us what the formation was, but I guess also a question did Fleetwood bring many fans? No, they didn't bring many fans, but I don't think Barnet brought all that many, did they? So it's not really a fair comparison. There was definitely a downtick in the amount of Shrewsbury Town fans there on Saturday, um, and everyone pretty much noticed it from the start. We were talking about it and saying, Looks bloody half. It was more than well, you know, more than half empty. Half more half empty than it has been in recent weeks. But yeah, it was slightly worrying, Sean. I don't know what you make of the, the down ticking fans recently for FA Cup games. It's a bit of a shame, really, isn't it? It is a bit. I mean, the FA Cup is it's it's a fantastic competition, and I just think it's it's a case of it's just before Christmas. It's not the most glamorous of games, let's be honest. Um, but also, you know, everybody's a little bit down in the dumps at the moment. We're going to home games, so I suppose if there's a chance of a going Christmas shopping and b saving a bit of money. 
you know, you're, you're going to give this game a miss. But yeah, it's disappointing to be below that three thousand. So I don't think it's been it's been that way since no. certainly since we've been there. New no. Yeah, it, it's interesting, Ollie, because you didn't go on Saturday, did you? So you were one of the missing eight hundred. What you know? What was your what was your excuse, mate? Um, yeah, I wouldn't call it an excuse. I'd just say <laughs> I just decided I've been to a lot of games, um, doing the podcast as well, um, a lot of time on football. Um, and I just thought it'd be nice to do something else. So I um, went for a walk in um, the Seven Valley with my dog and my girlfriend. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then went for a really nice meal in a nice pub and had a very nice afternoon. It was nice, you know. <laughs> um, didn't get frustrated, wasn't cold um, and had a, a nice afternoon. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem though, isn't it, Ollie? I mean, it's, it's probably more of a wider point than just bringing it into this introduction. But there's been a sort of online debate, hasn't there? A bit of a sort of few people talking about it on Facebook and Blue and Amber and bits and pieces about, you know, that people are choosing not to come to the football now because the football has become an unattractive proposition, which is really sad. And we, we're three hardcore town fans. We'd like to think of it. We don't go to all the games, but, you know, we go to as many as we possibly can within the budgets and timeframes that we've got available. But people with families, people with low incomes, people with better things to do are just choosing not to come now. And it's something that the football club have really got to pay attention to because they've got to try and win them back. And we're going to talk about another nil draw. The football ain't going to bring them back. And, you know, they've got to try something else. God knows what it is, but it is something for us to be a bit concerned about, I think. It was, um, yeah, I, I go to... Almost a season ticket almost makes me a bit of a robot and go to, to games. Um, you know, just kind of, yep, Saturday at home, I'll go. But yeah, I just felt like I just felt like I was doing something else. I've been to a lot of games, but quite a few away games. But yeah, just it's not it's not that enjoyable at the moment. And it's been and it's not like it's been this for a few this since this season, has it? You've got to add obviously last season on. So it's like eighteen months of poor football and um I guess the only thing the club can do is get the team to start winning some games and make it a bit more enjoyable again um, but yeah so I guess well anyway that's that point we can't change that I guess but <laughs> no it's a long way back isn't it yeah. and you're right I mean we'll get on to the game now but you know the town should probably be commended for reducing the ticket prices for the game you know yeah. they did as much as they could you know they've obviously probably taken a bit of a financial hit on the low crowd and everyone that got in on a, on a lower price so they tried something I guess and we should commend them for that but I think we'll probably leave the attendance there the attendance did have a massive effect on the atmosphere which was crap for most of the game to be honest with you until the second half so it is also not helping the team on the pitch but um, we'll probably revisit that point many times between now and the end of the season Ollie so we'll, we'll yeah. leave that where it is now for, you, you were talking about the team though to, you know it, to me it was a bit more defensive than it has been in, in last week against Paul Vell where obviously we had Tony and then Dodds off him rather than two strikers so that you know what did you Sean being a football manager here I suppose we should ask him the question first do, do you think that sets up as a more defensive tactic than against Port Vale what, what do you make of that um I think if you look through the team as a whole and you look at the subs, I think Paul Hurst was quite limited to mm. what he could do. Um, obviously, no Leach Smith um, and Ebanks Blake. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, but, but but those but those options aren't weren't there for him. I think Dodds is better suited playing off a front two or a front one. I don't think he's better being out wide like he was last week. I think he was quite isolated against Port Vale. He was very quiet. Yeah, very. Um, being out on wide right, I think he was last week. Didn't get in the game at all. He was a bit more involved yesterday, but again, I think it was one of those where it was crying out for another striker to be on the pitch. Yeah. Um, Dodds, is, Dodds isn't a forward, um, but I think I think Paul Hurst was quite limited to what he could actually do yesterday. Mm. I think that looking through the options that were available, I think that was probably the best option that that he could he could have gone with. Yeah, the only other option was to play Waring from the start, wasn't it, as a front two with Tony. The 
sort of similar players, I suppose. That was mm. the thing that people were crying out for from about 60 minutes. It took, obviously, took us a long time to get that sub in the end. So, yeah, you're right. You didn't have a lot of options. And, obviously, when you look through the suspensions and the injuries we had, even the injuries we didn't mm. we didn't even know about. Obviously, AJ Leach-Smith was injured, but we don't think we really knew about that up until just the game started. So, yeah, you've got to... I think it's one of those cases where you've still got to be cutting Paul Hurst the slack on the situation he's inherited. But yeah. it, did, it did seem a little bit more defensive, and it certainly seemed like they were playing a little bit more defensive than against Port Vale. But... There we go, it was a cup game, I suppose you don't want to be out of it straight away. But um, yeah, the other thing that was interesting, Ollie, was obviously five on the bench and, and what sort of that message is sending to the chairman and the fans and the club as a general because that, you know, it was seven substitutes. Fleetwood's mm-hmm. named seven substitutes. There's absolutely no reason why we couldn't have put two young young, young lads on the bench and, and got them involved in first team football. It, it's, it seemed a strange one for me, that, because with Deegan and um, Black, you only got two fit central midfielders at the moment. So... If one of them got injured or suspended in the game, and you know, you might have wanted one of them young lads to come in and do a job next week. So, strange one for me. That I don't know what you guys make of it, but I, I would have at least put two young lads on there for a bit of experience. Um, I guess we've only make we've only been able to make three subs, and um, everyone used to survive with three subs, and everyone survived quite well with five subs. I don't think it really matters. Yeah, it might have been nice to give a couple of kids a chance to kind of warm up. Um, yeah. With that, but maybe he thinks that none of them are good enough right now, so well, yeah. it's maybe a waste of time. Um, but um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with Sean in terms of he's limited to what what we have right now, and um, yeah, I guess that's reflected with the bench. Yeah, I think you just look at the team as a whole um, yesterday, and I think it does it does put a bit of a I wouldn't say a statement to to anybody really, but it's more of a we've got work to do in January. Because you can see that the the squad is very threadbare. <laughs> when you start getting issues like you get injuries, as we have, or suspensions, all of a sudden you're thinking, right, who are we going to call up? Who are we going to put in? And then you're almost in the case of, right, we're going to put square pegs in round old situation. We could be at a point where you go, all right, okay, we're going to have to put Jim O'Brien centre back. Mm. That that's the issue we might have. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that is the issue we might have because of the injuries and the suspensions that we're we're picking up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it is an interesting one, isn't it? You could, could say that in some respects. We've already got that with Brown now out left wing when he's been playing defender for the last year and a half. We've already got you know players sort of playing slightly out of position, I guess. But it's just as well we record Ethan Jones and Dom Smith because we'd be screwed without <laughs> them at the moment, wouldn't we? Yeah. We certainly would be, yeah. We certainly would. But um, yeah, it's something we mentioned um, in the last few pods, isn't it, that um, the squad is very unbalanced. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'll come back to that in the comments from post-match. Obviously, Brian Caldwell did an interview, didn't he? And... Um, intimated that there's some big big stuff coming down in January so um, we're sort of limping through to that point aren't we as, as Sean de- delicately described it when I was talking to him podcast <laughs> limping to January I think that's a real good phrase but um, yeah I suppose we ought to talk about the game really now we've, we've talked about sort of who was who was on the pitch and, and regardless of who Paul Hurst is picking at the moment whether he's got a threadbare squad or not it wasn't very good Ollie is my overall summary of the game and you know there are again players underperforming and you know, there's there's a there's a debate to say whether that's a bit of progress from Port Vale in that it was we, we were slightly more attacking and had maybe a few more chances, but um, I think we'll come to more general points at the end. But yeah, so just to go through it, really, the first half we we had a a reasonable chance. Tony had a, had a header straight at the keeper, was a bit weak, didn't really get under it. Um, sorry, got under it, didn't really get behind it. Had a lot of corners. I don't know what you make of our corners, Sean. That's an interesting one. We seem to get a lot of corners to, on Saturday, mm. and and across the season, we very rarely threaten from them at all, apart from. Uh... The the was it Moha who everybody who yeah. brought in the yeah. Bra- the uh, Brazilian the Barcelona whiz kid <laughs> that took four corners against Chesterfield and were probably the four best corners I've ever seen a, a town player make <laughs> and we actually scored from one. Um, Jim O'Brien took most of them yesterday and I think there was a couple especially first half which he swung and there was one that was absolutely you know inch perfect and it was crying out for somebody to yeah, head. There's, there's something that I've noticed is from the corners we're not very big. 
yeah. as a team. Comparing ourselves to Fleetwood yesterday, they got height in the box, and I think that ball was going in. It's like going, hopefully it drops for one of our players. Yeah, set set pieces. I don't think has always been our our greatest thing since probably since we had Ben Davis. I think it's the only time <laughs> I could think. Yeah, we've got yeah. a great set piece player here. Yeah, it, it's it's something we've talked about before, isn't only about how defensively when we concede corners and free kicks, we were letting a lot of goals in and attacking situations. We're actually not making and taking advantage of it. And it was again bears bearing repeating the point we've been repeating for weeks, Ollie. But it was the same on Saturday again. Yeah, I'm interested. You say the game um, wasn't so great. Um, um, obviously I watched the highlights um, and I've listened to Paul Hurst's comments Paul Hurst said that um, we had we hit the post three times and we should have won the game um, do you agree with his comment? It's a fair comment to make you know but then Fleetwood could turn around and say well we managed to shoot all the way through and then um, old Bobby Grant had a great chance right at the end and mm. put it into the side netting so Fleetwood could equally say that they could have come away with a win there alright we probably played better than Fleetwood across the piece there's, there's no doubt about that we maybe had the better chances but we didn't take them you know our strikers are devoid of all confidence and, and the midfielders never get forward enough to actually take any chances and in all honesty when you've got a chance as good as the one Dodds had we'll talk about this in the second half he won one with the keeper, won he? And you've got to score. You've got to score all day long. And if you miss chances like that, you don't deserve to win games. Yeah. Did the keeper save it though? I, I, I I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Have you, you've seen the highlights, haven't you? Ollie? probably better than us. Yeah, but. I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember seeing um, the keeper make a save. I can't remember to be honest. I remember seeing Dodds having a, a poor header. Um, but yeah, we're, we're yeah. just not clinical in front of goal, are we? And um, so the first half was not so much. Apart from see, Luke Violet made a stunning save. But would you say we edged the first half? Or do you say that we was pretty even? I think we're probably even the first half, but the second half we were we were probably better. But yeah, the, the first half was and and the other thing that bears consideration here is is not whether we should or shouldn't have won and what goals we should or shouldn't have scored. It's the the quality of football that's served up and the entertainment value of it, which also needs to be borne in mind when we're talking about pure football results. As a football manager, you can do that. You can stand impassionately back and think, it doesn't really matter whether I was entertained or not. I'm a football manager. That's fine. Paul Hurst can say that. That's his job. That's what he's paid to do. But we were also sitting there and, and making a judgment on it from whether whether it was worth turning up to watch it. And you've also got to bear that in mind. And I think that's worth considering when we sum it up at the end. But mm. Paul Hurst's right. You know, we could easily have won that game. But it's like Mickey Mullen said that a lot of times. We could easily have lost a lot of games as well. So, it, you know, I think it was bear, bear, worth bearing in mind that, and you probably noticed this as well, what, what the fan reaction was at half-time. It was just sort of just grumbles and just wasn't very inspiring again, was it? And that, that, that was the general vibe at half-time, I think. It was nothing, really. It, yeah. it was like, there was no real, like, the whistle went and everyone was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it was a case of, right, okay, right, that that came and went Yeah. without anything really and you know I guess there was no queue though for a coffee at half time <laughs> you'd be surprised actually <laughs> yeah, I went we... underneath the West Ham with 2,800 people there and the queue was horrific <laughs> but the West Ham was empty I saw a photo online the West Ham was empty anyway. it was cold everyone remember to yeah. oh, drink mate I tell you they were probably just desperate to get out of watching the football and do something it's the highlight isn't it it's the highlight of the game <laughs> it is a bit yeah so so half time yeah it was a bit and the other thing we should say about half time is oh my god the music choice what the hell was going on on Saturday with the music stories? It was like, it was just like, I can't remember, was this like, oh, who was it? I've forgotten the name. I put, put it on Twitter. Was it Disruption Radio maybe playing over the... Um... Well, yeah, maybe that would be the, the way forward because the two first two music song choices at half time were about this less tub-thumping, atmosphere-building songs as you could ever wish to find, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think whoever shows those needs to, needs to have a strong word with themselves, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, so that didn't really help the atmosphere up to half-time. However, I would say that come to the second half, they came out a little bit more, didn't they? And, and yeah. had a little bit more of a go. Yeah. And also, fair play to the town fans, they had a couple of chances after the Dodds one, which was quite early into the second half. Yeah. Um, the town fans actually got behind them, and there was a really, really long period of Paul Hurst Barmy Army. Went on for a good... 
must have been 15 minutes I think before everyone got bored again time. but um, <laughs> yeah it went on for a long time didn't it Sean which was good because it yeah. showed fans were trying to get behind the club yeah definitely I think uh, everybody the fans were were trying to respond the players like Glenn said they came out second half and were starting to put pressure on a bit more I think first half far too cagey both teams second half was a case of right let's just go for it and we did without any quality but we, we did and the fans responded and even with 2,800 there it was you know we were trying to generate an atmosphere as much as possible so fair play to, to that lot in block uh, block 19 for, Chipping for up. using yeah. the drum as well yeah the drum helps doesn't it to be fair yeah. a lot of people don't like drums at the football when the atmosphere is as poor as it is at the moment anything we've got to help it is a bit of a benefit what, I don't think you like drums do you Ollie I think we've might have talked about this before uh, not too bothered not really. Oh, okay, I don't, right. I don't like the Sheffield. We've talked about the Sheffield Wednesday band, and that's what we discussed <laughs> once before. I don't like them; they're really annoying. But um, yeah, yeah, no, but it did, it did help. It did help massively on Saturday to get get the sort of chant going, and it sort of spread along the West End as it went on, you know, bit by bit. But slowly but surely, it sort of drifted away as the football sort of drifted away. I think would be a mm. fair thing to say. Um, I think Dodds's chance, and we briefly talked about it. He, he got put in one on one with a keeper, and you know, as I said, I I personally think you should be taking chances like that. Um, and we had a few other bits and pieces. It, it's probably worth talking about Tony again. He did. He got. I think he's suspended now. That was his tenth booking. Right. So he's he's out for the next game. And his bookings were weird because he got involved in a little bit of sort of off the ball mm. trouble with. I think it's Pond. I think his name might be the centre back yeah. for um, Fleetwood. And literally a minute after getting reprimanded by the referee, he got involved with the same bloke again. Now, whether someone had said something to Tony or, you know, something to be going on, he got booked straight away. It looked totally brainless to me as a fan. Now, you know, we don't know what's gone on there, what's been said, but it it does seem to happen quite a lot with Tony. And I hate to bring it up again, but, you know, that's his, I think that, you know, that's his second suspension already and we haven't reached Christmas yet. It is disappointing because it's going to limit us even more up top now. I mean, it's, he's, he's probably our, our main goal scoring threat at the moment up there and it's 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 annoying when you see for, for petulance when you see bookings for petulance and if you probably go through all these bookings you'd probably narrow them down to probably that one thing it's just petulance yeah. there's, there's not been times where I thought yeah he's putting a really bad tackle here I think he was hard done by at Wimbledon I think he was really hard done by there I don't think he deserved to be sent off there mm. um, but there have been times this year where you're thinking oh, just, just shut up don't say anything don't respond but, but I think it is a case of Frustration. Yeah. Um. When nothing's going right, you just pick on something, and it's <laughs> it's it's little things like that. Unfortunately, that he's just got himself into trouble all the time, and it's it's really frustrating because now if you know if he's suspended, you know what what other options have we got now? Well, yeah, you're skinny. You have to be from Jones or Waring, aren't we? Now next week, whatever happens. So unless AJ Lee Smith gets his fitness back, but we don't quite know what injury he's got there, do we? Mm. So it, it it is frustrating, and and you know. On the wider point, I, I, me and Ollie have talked about Tony before and I think our positions are pretty clear. I'm, I'm not overly convinced with him. I don't I think he's probably maybe a League 2 level striker still at this stage of his career and he needs a goal or two. A bit like Carver Sell for us last year. He's not as bad as Carver Sell, clearly, but he's in a very similar situation now when it comes to goals. You know, you can bag one at Middlesbrough Reserves and that's fine, but that's not a league goal. It's it's not a, it's not a goal that's pretty important to our season and it's getting pretty desperate for him now, really, isn't it? What, what are your overall views of him as a, as a player, though, Sean? I I think he's he's a very young player, he's still learning a lot in the game and I think at this moment in time, is he right for us? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I think we are in a position now where we need probably strikers that are probably not the most flamboyant but are just going to battle, probably just thugs. You're almost thinking like a Dwayne Derby kind of striker, just oh, a thug. Definitely sure, I'm no, behind that 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think he'll, he will be a very good player. I think if he's got confidence, I think he's he's an excellent striker. And we've seen some of the goals he scored this year. They have been decent. And when he's been on form, he has been unplayable. But then 
when he gets into the, the you know the mood swings and the and the, he's and he's not in the game you know it's it's just it's pointless him being on the pitch i do feel for him in the fact that i don't think he's a one man on your own striker no no um and i think i think that frustration shows yeah. when he's not you need support and you can see that and i think that that Sometimes a lot of the bookings just come from that, really. Yeah, you need a bit of maturity if you're playing up front on your own, and he does lack that a little bit. And if we're going to play that, again, to me, from what I've seen of Waring from the games when Coyne was in charge, that's a role that he's more suited to. He's Mm. slightly more mature, I think, and slightly bigger and got a bigger frame, and and that's probably a role that he's better suited to. So I I found it very strange that he didn't come on to right at the end. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting take on Tony, isn't it, Ollie, compared to ours, I suppose? Yeah, it is. I think this chance he had in the first time kind of sums him up. He's he's almost like a striker that needs three chances a game and unfortunately mm. we're not creating that many chances are we and yeah look so in terms of chance in the second half from what I saw in the highlights we had two we had the Dodds one and the Brown one and yeah we're lucky not to score in both of them yeah they, either of them could have gone in couldn't they with you know different different circumstances but they didn't and, and we have to roll with that I suppose and Brown, the Brown one I don't remember too much of the Brown one I can't my brain's gone I think did it hit the post yeah one? so it hit the so basically the, we crossed the ball in and Brown kind of like kind of like in a weird kind of like flying volley uh, oh, yeah, hit, yeah, and yeah. then I can't remember if the keeper saved it or hit the post and then he had another stab at it um, and then the keeper yes. saved it again but um, yeah but Dodds was unlucky he hit the inside of the post and went across the line and went out for yeah, it yeah the, there was another chance that probably didn't make the highlights where Tony had a free kick and he that made the was, highlights as was, well yeah hit the crossbar oh okay hit the crossbar but it didn't hit the crossbar it was going over and it dipped ah, okay. well enough to clip the top of the crossbar it was not going in from the minute he hit <laughs> yeah. it Which, but, but compared to some of the free kicks he's hit this season it was a much much improved effort but if, um, yeah if the lines weren't brought in that would have gone in you know <laughs> yeah if the goals were where they used to be it would have sailed into the top corner I reckon so um, there we go so yeah those were the three main chances but um, Fleetwood had their own chances through the whole of the second half even though they were probably the second better team in the second half and Bobby Grant hit a, a great shot at one point um and I don't know how it got in because it was one of those ones that looked like it was going in all the way, didn't it? Sean, I was I was horrible, crapping my pants at that point. But um, and they had a few other scrappy chances, and Lutwiler came out and did a few punches that looked a bit that they might cost cost us some trouble. But in general, yeah, I think that was that was about it, really, Ollie. And and there's not much more you could say. There wasn't, didn't it was very much like the Port Vale game. There wasn't that much of an incident in the game. You know, three or four chances for either team, a lot of tippy tappy nonsense football in the midfield. And a lot of mistakes, particularly in the first half, we made a lot of individual passing mistakes. Um, and I hate to do it again, Ollie. I was talking. I, I might as well start. I saw your Ian tweet, Black, <laughs> Ian Black podcast. But yeah, his first two passes <laughs> in a game when you're trying to influence a midfield game. We're, we're one long crossfield pass, you know, Stephen Gerrard esque, but he just went straight out of play. And the next one was a simple Paul Scholes five yard pass, went straight out of play. So you know, he it, 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 it got slightly better in the second half, I think. But I, I just, I, I'm not going to go on about it again, Ollie, because yeah. it's just repeating things. But yeah, I don't know, Sean. What do you make of? Let's ask Sean because me and Ollie again talk about these players specifically. What do you make of Ian Black? At the moment, or in general, because <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> okay, um, I I don't actually think he's a bad player. I honestly mm. don't think he's a bad player. I think again, confidence is a massive thing. I think all through the team, if we are if we were top of the league, I bet he will look like a fantastic player, and I think we play some fantastic football. But I think when Ian Black's on form for us, I think we we tick quite well in midfield. But when he's not, we ain't no. going to tick very well. I think at the moment it's one of those cases where I don't think it's ticking at the moment. Um, a question for you, Sean. Do you think? Do you think? So obviously, a lot of our players have played in League One. Do you get the impression a lot of our players are kind of followers? You know, players that 
would do better with better players around them, but we don't have that player to kind of lead them or in terms of an attacking, passing, footballing sense? As in leader, as in... Well, just someone who's going to... Yeah, someone who's, you know, okay, famously Robbie Savage always said that he would, he'd always play better with better players around him because it helped his game. Do you think mm. we've, got, we've got too many players that haven't got that spark, you know, that, that kai-kai element to them that's going to bring something out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's let's be honest. If we didn't have kai-kai, we wouldn't be in League One last season. We'd have okay. got relegated. And I think we are missing that um, in the team. I think we need... And also a bit of experience as well. Experience and a bit of class. Um, because there's times this year where I think where we're a little bit, little bit naive, probably League One naive, <laughs> um, where I think we... I think the squad at the moment will do well in League 2, but I don't think we're quite League 1 ready. I know mm. it sounds ridiculous because I know it says League 1 ready players, but I think it needs, in January for sure, that kind of player to to either turn it on when it's needed the most um, and, and, yeah, maybe maybe for somebody, some of the players to follow and, and you know, use as a bit of a, a, a guidance... Yeah, what, 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 yeah. What you just gonna ask a question on it? Just did you rumble in the background? Go on. Yeah, so I was just saying and, and just thinking. So obviously that was an, another nil-nil draw. What do you think we'll do um, in the replay? <laughs> well, I won't be going. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, uh, having been to Fleetwood once this season already, Ollie, and, and I had my say about that performance last week. I, I can't. You know, Fleetwood were not very good. Let's let's, let's take a step back here. Fleetwood didn't play very well on Saturday, no. um, which is even more frustrating that we didn't put them away in the home leg because mm. we've 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 let them off really you know we should have put them to bed and been in the hat on our own so that was our bet, slightly better performance we still couldn't get the job done going to Fleetwood they got a cracking home record this season they comprehensively played us off the park away from home in one of our worst performances so it doesn't look good does it really you'd have to make them heavy heavy favourites to go through Paul Hurst might pull a rabbit out of the hat he might get us through cracking job if he does it but um, I'm not overly positive about getting through to round three particularly if we draw a big game and Fleetwood are bang up for it, and they know they've got the home game. Then I've, the chances of us winning are even lower. I think. Yeah, it's it's. I, I was not looking forward to a replay. To be honest, it's it, you still got visions of that that last game at Fleetwood. It's one of those anything's possible. You don't know. You don't yeah. know what Shrewsbury Town team will turn up. Um, you you're hoping the 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 good one that I think we we all believe that can come out of the squad that's there now will come out on that night. But again, it all depends on what the draw tomorrow night is. If we end up saying with Barrow away, let's let's be honest. Let's just you know that's no excitement there for anybody, is it? <laughs> um, but yeah, it all depends on 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 the draw tomorrow. If it's yeah. somebody exciting, like Glenn said, you know it, it could be it could be a case of Fleetwood might be well up for this. Here. Yeah, so I, I can agree with you on Barrow away. Having uh, spent a lot of time, uh, I've at least stayed in Barrow six nights here in the last five months, and I don't, oh, no. <laughs> no one wants to go to Barrow. Trust me, it's <laughs> horrible. Um, but anyway, there we go. We might we might not draw Barrow. Um, so yes, Ollie, I don't know. There you go. We're not overly positive. I doubt you are either. No, I. It's it's almost like yeah, it's an extra game which we probably don't need with the thinness of the squad but maybe it's a chance another chance and a, a chance not in the league to try and maybe get a, a win and a bit of confidence mm. I, I should I should say Ollie that I don't think Fleetwood wanted a replay either because they actually went for it they made through all three subs they tried to influence the game you know their manager was trying to make things happen and they obviously wanted to win the game straight away because I think they probably thought you know this is a chance for us to get out of jail free card. So, you know, neither of the teams really wanted a replay, but it definitely favours them, doesn't it? So, um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things we should just talk about is obviously been a bit negative about two players there, but some players did have really good performances yesterday, particularly yeah. if we go and look at the defence, because we've got to start looking at the statistics for the defence in the Paul Hurst. You know, we're keeping more clean sheets. Mm-hmm. We're becoming harder to, to score against, that's for sure. You know, Lutweiler and, and Halstead 
you know, obviously been keepers that have shared this little record recently. But, you know, a bit of credit should go to lads like Dom Smith and Matt Sadler particularly, who seems to have incredibly upped his game considering he's now playing out of position in in a position he looked absolutely ropey in at the start of the season and, again, away at Fleetwood. So some credit there. You know, which, which of the defenders stood out to you the, the best, really, Sean? To be fair, I don't think there's many that didn't. No. Um, I think... I think across the back four, Sadler I thought was excellent. I I, I don't think he put a, a foot wrong all game. He dealt with everything well. I think he led very well. But he, I think him and Alab worked well together as well. Yeah. I think Alab gets a, a bit of stick. I admit I don't think he's played well. Um, I think that was towards the end of Mickey Mellon era. But I think since Paulus has come in, I think the manager has got to take a lot of credit for the fact that, yeah, OK, we're not scoring a lot, but... You know, we don't look like we're going to concede left, right, and centre every time a team crosses the halfway line. And I think yesterday, for example, was I didn't think Fleetwood were going to score. I, I honestly didn't feel like they were going to score, so mm. it was it was destined for nil nil at, at some at some stage during that game. But I thought Sadler was excellent. I thought Alab worked hard. I think uh, Dom Smith came in, hadn't played hardly all this season, did a great yeah. job at right back. McGiven, okay, he's not a left back for me. <laughs> no. I, I don't. I think the jury's still out on McGiven a little bit, um, but he's not—he's not a left back. I, I'd prefer—I prefer Junior Brown there, to be honest. Yeah, I think most probably would as well. I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, I, I'd say let's have a positive there, really, about the defence, and they've, they've certainly tightened things up, which was needed because we were shipping goals left, right, and centre, weren't we? In that last little bit under Mickey Mellon. So, um, yeah, the Max Sadler one's probably the most interesting because when we talked about the game last week at Fleetwood. We obviously talked about him being absolutely all at sea and, and he was really bad in that game. And then Port Vale, he made a massive stride forward. And again, you can't say anything other than the fact he made a massive stride forward yesterday in terms of showing he can be competent and solid on the ball and probably has probably got the best distribution of all the defenders. You know, McGivens is awful. Alab likes a short pass, but, you know, Sadler can play a slightly longer pass out and get mm-hmm. us out of trouble. So that's a sort of slight benefit from it as well. And and also he stopped giving penalties away, so there's a bonus there as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, just give the lad some credit. He's, he's yeah. come back quite well considering he was one of the scapegoats at the start of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think He does offer that balance as well. When you've got two centre-back partnerships, you need a, and you've got a right-footer and a left-footer. It does make a massive difference. Two right-footers makes it very imbalanced. And... I think he does. He has got good distribution at times. Goes a little bit wayward, but you know, if he, if it was inch perfect, he wouldn't be in League One, would he? No, exactly. Yeah. So that that's good anyway. So yeah, what, what, I don't know. That's probably not what you would have thought, Ollie. I thought you might have thought it was we slagged the defenders off as usual. <laughs> no, I just wondering. Yeah. So what was your top three? How, who who do you put as your, the best performers in the on the in the game? So I went for Matt Sadler as my man of the match. I think he was pretty comprehensive amongst the fan base that he was our best player yesterday it was he was um pretty much standout of all the defenders a little bit but I went for Gary Deegan second we, we haven't talked about him but again same Gary Deegan we've been seeing week in week out during this terrible patch he has been the one of all the non-defensive players if you will that's probably putting the biggest shift in making the most key tackles you know probably being the workhorse for the team and and probably not getting any credit for it because we're losing every week and it, it's hard to, to be getting much credit when you're losing every week but yeah you, you can't really complain about the effort he's putting in and I went for rather than Alabs I went for Dom Smith because I just thought considering no one really thought Grimmer was going to be not playing and, and no one really thought Dom Smith was going to be playing he obviously probably knew in advance if he knew Grimmer was injured so that's fine but you know he came in the young lad we've wanted to see that youth player back in our team you know he's he's local and so I think it's great that he's playing and I thought he didn't as I say didn't put a foot wrong did a solid job um, made a couple of missed passes actually thinking about it but in general he didn't cost us anything so um, yeah it's nice to see John Smith back and I, I kind of I, I like Grimmer so I don't think he's going to keep his place but I'm glad he's involved in the first team again hmm. I went for uh, Matt Sadler uh, as man of the match again like Glenn said I don't I don't think he put a foot wrong all game and I think he was very solid and had a very good game uh, second again was Gary Deegan um, I think people 
if Gary Deegan's not playing, I think you'd miss him terribly. I think he's one of those players that just goes unnoticed. It's not he's not the most flamboyant player, but but he does a job that any team would need in midfield. Just be horrible and just be that. I won't, I'm not going to compare him to Ryan Woods, but you, when we had Ryan Woods, you had that player in the middle there who would just do the work that nobody really noticed but did it well. And Deegan's been doing that the last few weeks really well. Um, and if you get players playing with him, we'd be even better in midfield, which is what we're hoping for. Yeah. Um, and I went for El Abd uh, as my third choice. Again, I thought he was solid, and I think he's been a lot more solid since Paul Lewis has come in. Um, I think we forget about the Fleetwood game. I think from one to one to eleven was poor. Yeah. So I think everybody will fall into that category. But I think he played well yesterday. Um, I do think like there's a couple of times yesterday where people were getting very irate with the fact we were going backwards. <laughs> um, from my point of view, um, this is with my coach's head on now. I'd rather <laughs> us keep the ball than 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 lump it forward aimlessly all the time. Um, in Adam's case, when I was watching it a few times yesterday, there wasn't a lot of options to do it's either knock out for a throw in and invite the pressure or go back to the keeper again mm. um, so yeah. it's it, it, it's that fine margins I think that's the I think that's the almost the defence for players like Black isn't it is that there isn't many options um, and that and that's what that's the frustration part isn't it is that there isn't the options and a lot of people get quite frustrated and maybe a little bit overly frustrated with Tony um, that he doesn't hold the ball at that well um, but when he's got two defenders on his own, whatever. Um, yeah, he's, it is it's hard for him. I, th- I think the thing that Sean was saying about people getting over, overly frustrated, because we, that was noticeable on, on Saturday again, mm. in the second half particularly, um, because we wanted to win the game. People yeah. wanted to see that drive going forward. It, it, sometimes it wasn't just when we had the ball off the keeper and the distribution from there. There was three throw-ins we had right in front of the West End, which seemed to G, G people up, because all three throw-ins... Someone picked the ball up, passed it to another person, slowed the game right down, looked for a pass, eventually mm-hmm. just threw it right back to the to the left back. Left back played it right along the course of the back line, and all three times we hoofed it forward from the right back then, and all three times it went out of play or they got the ball back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of the things that people were like, why have we just done that three times no, in a row? I do I do agree on that. I think there are times where you've got to do it and there's times where you don't yeah. do it. I think again, I'm gonna use the word again, confidence. I think if yeah. you're if you're flying and you're buzzing you know, you're not going to be you're going to be playing the ball around fantastically mm. well, and I think when the, there isn't that confidence in the team, they're going to be panicking and they'll just go for the for the easy option. Yeah, sometimes yeah. the difficult option as well, because well, yeah. it just invites it just invites pressure. Sometimes when you you know they you start sitting deep, they're inviting pressure to come for them to push higher up, and um, but there are there is a time and place to do it. Mm. Yeah, I think I think people just wanted us to win. Yeah, like, yeah. not this oh, God, yeah, God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the other things I'd just point out, I don't know if you want to talk about anything else just at the end of the game. Obviously, um, we've talked about most of the players. I think it's just probably noticeable that not only have we not talked about Dodds and O'Brien in this uh, podcast, but they were hard to spot what they were doing in the game anyway. And, and that's one of the things that frustrates me with them, Sean. And it's again, we're, it's quite good getting other people's views, isn't it, Ollie? Because we've talked about these players quite a lot now. Is they're, they're two players that tend to drift in and out of games usually, aren't they? And, and you know, for me, Dodds is probably slightly worse than O'Brien because Dodds has played a little bit more, I guess. But yeah, I, I don't know what you make of those two and, and their performances at the moment in terms of what, what we're actually needing, what they're giving us. Um, again, I, th- I said earlier, I think this almost goes back to the question Ollie asked me before. I think they need other players around them. I don't think O'Brien's playing in his rightful position. Um, and Dodds is better playing off the front too, mm. almost in like that number 10 role bit of freedom behind I think when he plays in that role he's so much he's a much better player I think the last few weeks has literally been put in in different parts of the pitch O'Brien was more right sided yesterday I don't think he was too comfortable with that um, and then Dodds was almost a, a striker off Tony mm. um, 
trying to play that number 10 role but not as what he usually does I think there's two really good players there in my opinion I do think there's two really good players I do agree with you on that it is frustrating um, because we've got players there we've got Jim O'Brien that's played at a very high level yeah, I yeah. think his lowest has been his league one Louis Dodds who we know all about he scored against us every single time we played against Port Vale yep. Um, and he's a player that in the in the summer when we brought in, you know, I, I thought we've got ourselves a really good player here and for free as well. Mm. Um, again, it might go back to that question Ollie said: that do they need probably better players around them as well to make them tick? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Those are the two. They're, they're the two players I think that I've been most disappointed by this season, purely because I think they are good players. I still maintain, you know, there's a few players I'm starting to think I'm not too sure about them anymore, but I still maintain that O'Brien and Dodge should should be good, and and they are the players that Hurst probably thinks. If I can turn this around, they're the two that might be my star performers going forward now. And you're right, it might need the confidence, it might need better players around them, it might just need a run of games where I'm not sure O'Brien's 100% fit because he was dead tired at the end of the game Saturday. So there's a lot of factors, but if you can get them two clicking, you know, you might not necessarily need to go and find a, 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 a Kai Kai, for example, Ollie, because if Dodds was playing at his best best every week, he's actually kind of one of them players, isn't he, in League One? So yeah. you might need a bit more support, but there's maybe something to work with there for, for Hurst, but um, they've got to, they've got to start turning it on a bit more regularly than they do. So guys, yeah, so interesting to get your views on the game. Just maybe just worth sharing some of the fans' views for the three-word match reports. Yeah, that'd be good. I quite like them. I'd have read of them again as usual. So yeah, right, right, rattle them off, Ollie. So we had um, Shower of Shit, um, Absolute Snooze Fest, um, Bambi on Ice, um, referring to Tony. Tony. Yeah, worst team ever. Another wasted Saturday. Another clean sheet. Should have won. Not good enough. When's the replay? Someone's obviously looking forward to that one. <laughs> Yeah, un- post-bar, unlucky, still no goals, another clean sheet. So quite mixed, really, isn't it, in terms of annoyed, fed up, some positives, some negatives. Yeah, we, we keep saying the same word, don't we, Ollie, which is context. You know, it's, you can't take these games in isolation anymore, considering where we are this season. You know, everybody's got this viewpoint and everybody's going to be taking into it where we were, what we've done, what's gone on. And, and it's a shame, really, because, you know... Paul Hurst is a new manager, so he kind of should start with a clean sheet, a clean sheet with everybody. But there's just so much angst and, and worry about this season and, and frustration at what we're having to watch that kind of hasn't gone that way. It, you know, I think a lot of it was said by the fact that at the end of the game there was a fair smatter in a booze. My mum was listening on the radio mm. and she said she could hear people booing. And there was definitely booze around when me and Sean sit. Obviously, mm. you sit just behind me, don't Sean? But um, and that was noticeable. And it's a shame that we've got a new manager and actually, you know, teams are already getting a bit booed off at the end of the game. So. You know, it's an FA Cup game. We were desperate to win it. I guess that answers a part of that. But there's, there's still not that overall massive positivity that a new manager normally brings. It's definitely already waning away somewhat, in my opinion. And I think that's a shame for Paul Hurst because, you know, it's the situation he's left in. He hasn't really done too much wrong, let's be honest. He's, no. he's got his elements of the team working better. But there's just so much angst and so much... Pro- so much. So everyone's got so much weight on their shoulders from this season so far that it's just a difficult fans to shake off as well, I think, as well as the players. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, th- I think he's 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 got a hard hard job ahead of him, and I think it's it's difficult. I think yesterday with 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 the booze at full time, I think it's like you've just said, Glenn. I think it's more the fact we just wanted. To, I think fans just wanted to win the game. Yeah. I don't think the the performance was terrible. In my opinion, I don't think it was that bad. Okay, it, it probably lacked the quality, but Double. I don't think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But That's I think it was. Reason. But I think both teams were probably capable of making it. That to be yeah, honest, it wasn't just him. No, no. And um, I, th- I think it's just he, he's got a hard job ahead of him. Uh, and I think as us as fans, yeah, it's really frustrating at the moment. I do think there is an improvement in the fact that we're not conceding goals. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to see a great improvement. You hope, you hope, you see it in January. 
but it all depends on what he's got budget-wise to spend. I mean, we don't know what he has got, if he has got anything, um, and that yeah. is going to be a crucial month. It's probably worth moving on to the post-match comments, isn't it? Because obviously Brian Cardwell said a little bit about January, didn't he, in the post-match, uh, Ollie? But do you want to run through some of the key things you picked up from Paul Hurst's uh, post-match interview? Yeah, so he's obviously, as we said at the start of the pod, his feedback was should have word, and he said it was definitely some positive from the game. Um, we took a while um, to get going, um, and we were a better team overall. It wasn't his best post-match. I think he was a little bit frustrated, but I guess the big thing to take out of it was we were lacking, lacking in attacking sense. So we didn't go... It was quite a carefully worded and not a full-blown rubbish going forward, but that's what comes, what he's alluding to, which obviously links quite nicely back to what Brian was saying and almost what the fans are hoping is that, yeah, we do, we have the funds and the, the ability to have a bit of a shake-up. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to happen and probably way more than... You know, we were talking the other week about what will happen. I'm still dubious as to quite how much money we're going to have available and whether we'll be probably transferring a lot of players out before we can bring anyone in and also moving with loan players. But we'll, we'll park that till January, Ollie. I think we'll come back yeah. and talk about transfers at a later date because uh, I think that'll cover... It's it's pretty good. You know, we sit here and think, God, how do we talk about a nil-nil draw for 30 minutes? <laughs> so <laughs> I think we'll move on from that because uh, we've done that two weeks in a row now. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think we'll... We'll leave the game there and uh, it was great to get Sean's view on a couple of the players actually and give us a different perspective in some respects and uh, we'll move on to Salop News. Jevons with a golden chance to maybe put the tie to bed. Daniels poised on the line. Goes for the corner. Great save by the goalkeeper. Follow-up shot saved by Daniels again. And Dawson saving. Header again saved by Daniels. And Jevons is denied. Could that be a massive moment in this time? So, uh, Salop News this week. Again, a bit light on the front, no transfers, but um, we thought we'd just have a quick chat about Shrewsbury and some of the efforts they've made to try and soften the blow, really, of some, some tricky things coming up for Shrewsbury Town fans, specifically during the festive season when you know budgets are stretched and time with family is obviously very important and things like that. So, I think we should give some credit to the football club and, and Brian Caldwell, the CEO, for bringing these, these sort of uh, issues up. Um, I think the first one, which happened earlier in the week, was the offer of uh, double loyalty points and a Christmas food pack if you get a Bolton ticket quite what that's going to entail we we don't know probably just a couple of quality street but <laughs> hopefully it's a little bit more than that but I think that, that's cracking isn't it because the football club had obviously seen the um, the comments that fans were making about the absolute disgrace that is paying £28 yeah. to watch Shrewsbury Town versus Bolton on Boxing Day and Bolton should not be getting anything but abuse from Shrewsbury Town fans about that and I hope that it's very clear that we make our voices heard at, um, on, on Boxing Day but great the fans of rec- the football club have recognised what fans are saying and, and Brian Caldwell is the, he is the fans uh, liaison officer essentially has, has actually come out and, and given us a little bit of something at least you know whether the loyalty points are actually going to be worth anything at this point in time we don't know but you know it's good to see that they're trying yeah definitely I think it's 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 absolute farcical £28 a ticket and it's actually quite sad actually that the the football club have been put in that almost that position to, to do something because you know, we should all be looking forward to going to Bolton because, yeah, was, you know, yeah. let, let's, let's be honest, it's we might not play him again for a few years. We don't know. We we just don't know what's around the corner. But, you know, for £28 for an adult is, is ridiculous. But I think it's 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 quality by the football club to, to offer. Um, loyalty points are nothing, but to the Christmas pack as well. I mean, that, that that's that's a nice touch. But to think about it, £2 more and you could go and see some of the world's best players at the, away at the Emirates yeah, yeah. or away at Old Trafford or something like that. So it's just, it is ridiculous, utterly ridiculous, just, just pure greed from Bolton. And um, yeah, I, I, while I while, um, wouldn't necessarily say to fans, 
you know, boycott a game, but um, I'm sure a lot of fans will make their make that will make their decision for them and spend the the, the day with their family rather than um, giving the money to Bolton. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go to that game and I'm going to pay them twenty eight pounds because th- that's part of my Christmas re- routine. You know, I love my Boxing Day game. I've gone ever since I was a kid, and my family go as well, and my brother's going, and I'll drive a few of us up, and it'll it'll be a good day until we have to shell out twenty eight quid to watch it. Mm. And and it's an, and it is it does leave a very sour taste in my mouth to to know I've got to pay them that money, but you know, she's retiring in a bad situation. So are the fans, we can't. If you want to go, you can't get around it anyway. Yeah, so, it, you know, you shouldn't make shouldn't make town fans who are going to go feel bad. No, definitely um, not. And also, if you choose not to go because that's a moral moral prerogative, that's completely fine. I think that that's all, all town fans have different views on things, but um, it is just it's just an absolute disgrace. And I firmly hope Bolton don't get promoted. I'm one hundred percent. If we get relegated, the second thing I want out of League One this season is a full on. Bolton meltdown and hope they don't get promoted because <laughs> that'll, that'll teach them and then they can charge someone else 28 quid next season well, um, yeah, they're charging Gillingham £5 the week before yeah. on Monday night and, and that, that, that's that's just mental yeah yeah, yeah. they've seen uh, they've seen it as a cash cow haven't they because they know Shrewsbury Town haven't been to the Reebok Stadium mm. and they will bring it's Boxing Day we'll probably we probably would have taken a thousand plus let's be honest I wouldn't be surprised if we'd have taken yeah, that yeah I wouldn't be surprised um, and they've gone okay yeah cash cow here let's, let's, let's knock the prices up Gillingham are probably going to take one man and his dog because it's a Monday night it's on Sky and it's miles away yeah um, but Bolton probably think we're really posh from Shrewsbury as well and we've all got loads of money so that's fine isn't it that's, that's what most people think <laughs> <Yeah>. of Shrewsbury <laughs> anyway so there we go and then obviously on the back of that reasonable gesture from the football club they obviously came out with a second one straight away after the game um, as soon as we got the replay they've offered all the, the guys that go on the coaches free travel to the replay which so to get both of them things in a week is, is pretty encouraging and um, you know it doesn't really help people who are going to drive up there but they can only do so much I, I would always prefer if you're going to do something like that that you um, Shrewsbury would say for example anyone that comes and buys a ticket we're going to pay the first two three quid of it just to, to knock that off because then you're applying a, a fair um, opportunity for anyone that wants to go to Fleetwood to have a little bit of a, of a help but I guess that they've always done the free travel for the guys that go on the buses and they know that they regularly go you know I never go on the bus so I always feel it's a bit of a shame because I never really get any of the benefits and I might well have gone to Fleetwood but um, there we go it's, it's just I wish they'd do something like that but it's still a great gesture isn't it to go up to be fair guys yeah I, I, I think it's 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 another class gesture from the club I think it'd be interesting to see if the chairman didn't know anything about it so Brian might be getting his backside smacked tomorrow <laughs> if it was just an off the cuff after the game job but but either way it's it's nice for the club to do something it's not it's difficult position for them because obviously they ain't gonna com- they're not going to be able to please everybody because of like you said Glenn people that go up by cars or or who might already be up there but which is the majority of people really yeah, isn't it but the intentions there and it shows that the club are are looking at the fans yeah. at this moment, which it's is better. you know, which is which is decent from them, really. Yeah, I reckon if Brian might be having to go and fill the buses up with the diesel from his own credit card, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe if he gets found out. So at least you'll still be getting it for free, guys. But um, yeah, so that was good to see, wasn't it, Ollie? But other than other than that, there wasn't really any other news this week. So I think probably worth moving. And Sean's team, and I think you're going to ask him a few questions about it. Yeah, I thought maybe it's um, yeah. So obviously, when we have um, new guests um, on the pod, and it's great that we've been able to have a few guests now. Um, yeah, we always get um, the. Um, the guests to um, share their best 11 their best sell up 11 and obviously it does it was interesting uh, last week when we had Dave obviously he's been going a bit longer than us and obviously had a bit of a different um, theme to his team but yeah interesting yeah. to um, hear what who you've gone for Sean and how you set them up yeah I've gone uh, well my formations four two three one. I've gone for Scott Howie and goal um, it, it's quite difficult you know when you when I got asked the question about your favourite all time 11 and you go through it and you go they were a good player, they were a good player. They were, but I, I look back on moments as in moments that will stick with me for the rest of my life. And Scott Howie at Stoke, 
you know, it's a moment that that shaped that changed our football club. Yeah. Let's be honest. If if that if that game we'd have lost that game, who knows where we'd be now? We might not even be in existence. We might not even have a football club. Why have you got Dwayne Derby up front then? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. He'd be on the bench. Oh, that's he right, would be on the bench. Um, Scott Howie that day, three fantastic penalty saves, and even even in the Barnet game leading up. It was just it's moments like that that will stick with me forever. Yeah. Joe Hart might have got in there, but Joe Hart was very raw at the time. But you can see the lad was very talented. Um, but Howie, yeah, you know, he was class, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. For the short time he was with us, he was fantastic and yep. did a great job. Right back, I've gone Darren Moss um, purely for the fact was he gave you a hundred and ten percent every week and more. He had a red card in him and every tackle, <laughs> um, but he had that little bit of. It sounds ridiculous. He had that little bit of class about him. He didn't look like a footballer when he came back from Crew. Obviously, he, just, he, he obviously put on a bit of weight by then. <laughs> but before his move to Crew, he really just he, he really hit the heights. He was scoring goals for us. Like, I think before he left, I think he scored a double. In a, I think did he score two against Kidderminster? No, my he, memory serves me right. He did. I missed that game. I, I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it was the very that day was the very first time I met my now wife. Um, I missed that game to drive down to London to meet her for the first time, and I was listening to Radio Shropshire on the way down. I think he could even have scored a hat trick in the game, but we maybe lost or won four three or lost three. I, the mind goes, but I remember that he had an amazing game, and everyone was saying, "I can't believe you missed that." Darren Moss had the game of his life, but I was like, looking back, it was probably a good game to miss. But Absolutely. yeah, there you go. It was a it was a memorable game. But he loved the club as well, and. In my position, when I worked at the football club, I met obviously a lot of the players, and and Mossy loved Shrewsbury Town, and he gave everything to the club, and he he always wanted the best for him. Um, centre backs have gone Darren Tinson and Ian Sharps. Tino was the right player at the right time to come in because we were a mess at mm. the time, and fanta- captain fantastic. Same with Sharps as well. I think we needed that leader, and we got that in the promotion season with Sharps. Um, again, fantastic bloke and a really, really good defender at the right time. Yeah. Um, could we have kept him for longer? I think we could have done. I think we were probably a little bit too quick to get rid and, and let him go to Rotherham too quickly, which was a shame. Mm. Left back, I've gone Mark Tierney. I used to love Tierney. Uh, I th- I'm To this day, I think if he'd have still been with us towards the end of Paul Simpson's season when we went to Wembley, I think we'd have got promoted that year because I think the moment we lost Tierney, we lost that that solidness to our back four. Uh, that's no disrespect to Neil Ashton, but Tierney was just absolute thunder every week. He was good, yeah. Again, he had a red card in every tackle he had. <laughs> um, the two sitting have gone Ryan Woods and Stuart Drummond. Ryan Woods is probably one of the best centre midfielders I've seen play for Shrewsbury Town because I just think he was just a class act every week. He just stood out above anybody else. Um, I used to watch him in the youth team uh, or in the reserve games when I worked at the club and he just stood out then even as a 17, 16, 17, 18 year old um, and you see him now in the championship he just does not look out of place and no. I think I think he's destined for the Premier League if he doesn't get there I would be shocked Yeah. Um, Stuart Drummond fantastic midfielder for us strong on the ball massive mistake letting him go in that January to Morecambe <laughs> for 12 grand I think yeah. it was you know, sell someone for 12 grand honestly 12 grand you may as well have just done a free transfer but <laughs> the guy was he, again he was fantastic for us in that last season at Gay Meadow which was probably one of the most enjoyable seasons I've had um, he was brilliant him and Sideways Sorville I think it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my wingers have got Mickey Brown on the right and Sammy Aston on the left um, you know what do I need to say about Mickey Brown yeah. you know he's he's an absolute legend he was the guy that you know, at first when I first went to watch the town, he's the one that stood out the most for me. Uh, the number seven on the right wing, Ed down, straight at him, and you know he scored some really important goals. He did score a pretty important goal at, at Exeter as well, which I think we all know about. Um, 
but yeah, a legend of the club. The, the, the funny thing about Mickey Brown, Ollie, and he probably says he gets into most people's teams because he came through so many different generations, didn't he? Because he went, came back, had a, and played all those games for the football club over like what was it, thirty odd years, really, if you think about it, twenty odd years. So there's lots of generations two fans who, when they pick their best team, would always put Mickey Brown in it because so many of us who were alive now saw him play, and even the younger generations when he came for his third spell, you know, which was probably when we started going, you know, he was even classed then in as he started to get older, wasn't he? And, and the fact is that he's still round town. Everybody knows Mickey Brown. Yeah. He's one of those lads that settled in the area or, or still here as much as you know you see him around all the time. And it is, he is a club and a town legend, if you ask me. He's actually a legend of Shrewsbury. Yeah, he, he loves the club as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, you know, it's, it's massive. Sammy Aston, uh, left winger. Again, I think he even he loves the club. He's he's, he's settled roots down here. Yeah, now. still lives around here, doesn't he? He's a deputy head, I think, at Ponsbury School. But yeah, yeah, what a player. I used to love watching him. He used to excite me when I'd be on the riverside and he'd be bombing down that left wing. Not really with an end product, let's be honest. He wasn't the classiest of players, but if you give him the ball, it's very hard to get it off him. Um, <laughs> and and again, it's some of the tackles he put in. Or he break your just, leg. <laughs> God, Scunthorpe at home, I remember him putting in a two-footed lunge and it was horrific. And he didn't get sent off for it. No. Um, it was only broke the guy's leg right yeah, in front of the Riverside. Yeah, I remember Yeah, that. it was horrific. But again, oh, I'd love to have a Sammy Aston in my team now. Oh, um, yeah. Just running up and down that way. I think even Paul Hurst would love a Sammy Aston in his team right now. Um, just behind the striker, I've got Dave Edwards, class player, fantastic. You know, he'd get on the ball and, again, he he would just turn on that bit of magic and I really hope to God that he returns to Shrewsbury Town one day because I, I think on. he will. He's nailed on, I reckon. Yeah, I, th- I think he's... He, and he wants to. It's not a fact of, oh, I just want to say out my career. I think he he would... If you said to him tomorrow, I would offer you this, you'd come back tomorrow. It's one of those. Striker, for me, is Grant Holt. Yeah. I think we were... Very, very lucky as a football club to get Grant Holt when we did. Um, hadn't quite peaked as a player. And I'd like to think we moulded Grant Holt into the player that he became. Um, mm. Because he stagnated at Nottingham Forest, wasn't going anywhere, and he came to us. And, and what a player he was. He would. He's he's probably that bit of magic we need right now. Um, yeah. And he was he was brilliant. Absolutely Where, fantastic. Where's he now? <laughs> he, he might be a bit old now. Hibernian. foot. <laughs> Yeah, some of the games and some of the goals he scored for us were phenomenal. I look at the 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 Wickham away game that I went to. I was I was lucky to be there the night he scored five goals. Yeah, unbelievable goals. His goal at Rochdale, where he dinked it over the defender. Yeah, on the we goal. talked about that last last week before last, didn't we? Yeah. You know what a player we had there, and it's just such a shame we only had him for for a, a season because it'd have been nice to you know to have him a bit him. longer. It's a very impassioned uh, d- you know explanation of your team. I think it's uh, it's hard to disagree with any of that really, <laughs> not Ollie. It's a it's a solid team either way. We said when we got sent the team through that we could tell you're a manager because you're the only person so far not to pick 442. So you see you've got <laughs> the tactical tinkering of a manager you see Sean. I think that team could win a league. <laughs> I would say it's a very very hard team. It's not the kind of team you'd want to get into a fight with, is it? <laughs> but I guess <laughs> no. one question, you've also got quite a lot of leaders there. So who would you have who would you have as your captain? Um, I would have Darren Tinson. Oh, he loved Tino, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Tino. I, I still speak to Tino now. He was my physio uh, at, <laughs> at Oswestry, uh, which was uh, well, I was all right. It was my mum that was a little bit embarrassing, really, because she got all gooey-eyed over it. But um, no, I'd have him. 
absolute top bloke and uh, I, I'd put Sharps here as vice captain what do you know what Darren Timpson does nowadays he's a physio at, at, the, at the Royal Orthopaedic uh, at, okay at, so he's still reasonably local as well isn't he? yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go there's, there's actually a lot of people in your team that stayed local if you think about it good good five or six of them I think when you look at it so yeah it's, yeah, uh, it's good to see anyway so we'll, we'll put him up against one of our next guests won't we his yeah, team Ollie, and we'll see, see what the fans think down the line I think we've got some guests lined up for the next few weeks I should just say I've even convinced my brother to come on Ollie, uh, so that should be fun but um, it's only because I took him to his Christmas party last week and I picked him up from somewhere at midnight I said I'll come as long as you come on the podcast and he was like oh right yeah go on then so there you go you can go up against my brother's team Sean I think you probably whoop his team um, but while we got Sean we thought it would be a good opportunity to have a chat about the, the Shrewsbury Town ladies team because obviously Sean's been a big part of, of bringing that team back and taking it on several levels I mean Sean as, as the manager and, and I think it's it, the first thing I'd like to say is it's been fantastic to see the Shrewsbury ladies team go from strength to strength and it's a, another part of the football club that doesn't really get talked about probably as much as you should consider in the amount of success that it's had and it's probably been the most successful part of the football club in the years gone by so I think it's probably worth saying Sean you know what, what are your thoughts on the journey you've had so far from, from joining the Shrewsbury Town ladies team? Well it's been a journey most <laughs> definitely um, I love I love doing it it is it's a massive I would say it's a privilege as well because you know I, I love the football club and I'm I'm proud to be um, involved in some way still. Um, uh, but to to manage the ladies team, I really enjoyed doing it. And since day one, we've we we we've we've progressed every single season. It's been at times very difficult, but I wouldn't change the group of players that I've got now for the world. And it's been it's been one hell of a journey so far. <laughs> so just to set out what that journey is. How where have you come from to so far? Well, we started. Um, this is now our fourth season. Um, we started out at the beginning. It was just more of a case of um, the the club wanted to start. The community wanted it. It was Martin James um, who was there then. Yeah. They wanted to get a ladies team going again. Um, would you would you help out in some way? Yeah, no problem. Um, I went in and then all of a sudden I was manager um, <laughs> which I, I didn't obviously turn down I was you know I was delighted to be offered it yeah um, and then we just built from there the first season we uh, first well first trial session we had 32 um, ladies of all ages from 16 up to um, Penny Brown for Penny Owen I'm not going to mention her age because I don't think she'll appreciate <laughs> doing like, that. I know Penny yeah. um, uh, who turned up uh, and and were fantastic, and it really like took took my breath away, really, because I don't know what to expect. You mm. turn up somewhere, and you're thinking, I think a lot of people don't appreciate how good women's football is, and there's some very very talented players out there, and they were you know very good. So it was hard picking a squad out of that amount of players. We got the squad. First season was all about let's just settle down, um, and we did that. And then the second season was right, okay, we've got ourselves a squad here. Let's improve on what we've got and let's try and go for promotion because we know what the league's like now let's try and do it um, and you know I was delighted that we managed to do that and we, we finished second we managed to get to a cup final as well um, obviously I was a little bit gutted we didn't win the league but that's probably been a little bit bit childish really of me <laughs> but, but fantastic achievement to get promoted and at the same time as the, the town first team got yeah, promoted I remember as well. it was obviously a great time for the football club wasn't it yeah and it was it was you know a very proud moment it still is now and I'm very you know I, I was I look back on that as one of the great one of my great achievements <laughs> you're only young <laughs> you said, you've got a long exactly, way to go yeah mate. exactly and then last season new league we, we settled down well finished mid-table managed to get to the county cup final at the greenhouse meadow which was um fantastic for the club because we're playing at our home ground as such yeah. um, and to play in front of I think we had the record crowd the, the most people to go and watch a ladies final Wow, which great. I think maybe for the fact that we pulled in a few as well which was nice 
And this season at the moment, we're going great guns. Second in the league and very, very pleased. Fantastic. Fair play. I mean, it's great, you know, Ollie. What, what do you want to do? you want to say anything about it? Yeah, just wondering, what, what level are you at at the moment in terms of the pyramid? We are in the regional leagues at the moment. So um, we are second from bottom in the pyramid at the moment. Um, so we, when you start at a new team, unfortunately, you've got to start at county level yeah. to be able to build yourself up to, I mean, women's super league level is almost a franchise. So you've got to have a business behind it. Um, you've almost got to be semi-professional to be to be able to be in that division. Um, but the aim the aim is to get to the Women's Premier League, which is the next step up, um, and that's not beyond the realms of possibility. Anyway, you know it's, no. it can it can happen, um, but it's going to take it's going to take a bit of time, a it's bit it. of patience. So. That's it, isn't it? You you put the foundations in. You've started the building blocks to something that could be quite special. And you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained for the football club, really, is it? it I, I honestly couldn't speak hardly enough. And I know I've known some of the players that have played for the ladies' team, and the passion they have for playing for Shrewsbury Town Football Club is equally as passionate as any Shrewsbury Town footballer I've met playing for the men's senior team. There's absolutely no difference in it as a, as a footballer. As, as you know, even us playing for the fans' team, we felt passionate about playing for that team. You know, if you play for your football club and you want to do the best for it, I think it's fantastic. So yeah, I think it's it's, it's good insight to get, isn't it? I think we should. We should follow the ladies' team a little bit more, really, Ollie, as, as, a, as a fan podcast. Maybe you know, try and get an occasional update from uh, Sean or something like that. But um, it is great, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's good to hear, and yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. And yeah, I'm sure we'll have you back on Cheers. the pod, um, Sean. So yeah, you can come in and give us um, an update on how the, how the ladies are getting on. Yeah, we we'll have a promotion party that... at the end of the season. <laughs> well, that's that's the aim. That's we, the aim. One up, one up, one down. It might be at the football club this year, but we'll have to we'll have to see. Um, so I think we'll probably uh, get, come and wrap this up now, or rather than go and do a, a commentary split like I normally do, we'll just go straight into the predictions Ollie so um, last week wasn't very good for either versus I went to lose and you went for us to win and obviously we had a boring nil nil draw so that didn't really help either way did it so we're stuck at Glyn 12 Ollie 16 so we'll go for our predictions next week Ollie um, I think we're going to do the, the Millwall the away game, game obviously because that's our, our next game isn't it so what are you going for there because I can tell you already I'm going to be very very negative yeah I'm going for a 2-0 defeat <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll go for, uh, let's say we'll get a goal, finally break that streak, I'll go for us to lose 2-1, um, but I'm, I'm not overly confident about that, I'll probably go on 2-0 as well, but um, what are your thoughts, are you going to Millwall, Sean? Hoping to, all right. hoping to, it's one of those grounds I've never been to, uh, again it all depends on money over Christmas, Exactly. Um, but it's 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 going to be a tough one isn't it, Yeah. let's be honest, yeah. it's anything we get out of that will be a bonus yeah a point would be perfectly acceptable wouldn't it to be fair in terms, of, so. in terms of the league you'd, you'd love three points but a, a point would be fine I don't think me or you were going to you were talking about thinking about going to Millwall weren't you Ollie I don't know whether you're actually going to bother no, or not. no I'm, I'm away with work quite a lot this week so uh, I, I don't think I'm going to go I might change my last minute because um, like yeah like Sean I haven't been to this um, I haven't been to Millwall before um, but yeah, it's <laughs> not being too negative, and yeah, I'm a massive town fan. I'll have to have a think about what I want to do. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll just put a call out again. We've obviously had Lewis do it a few times before, and we've had other people doing it. If you go into the um, Millwall game and you'd like to get involved, please get in contact through Twitter at Salopcast or the Facebook. Um, let us know you go in and we can get in contact before you go and just give you a bit of an idea of what we might be able to get you to do. Maybe record some audio or even you can sort of speak to us directly and we can record it you know, one-on-one or something and play it into the podcast next week. So anyone's out there, anyone get interested in getting in- involved, let us know. So um, yeah, otherwise we're going to struggle to talk about a game neither of us went to Ollie, <laughs> so we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I'm sure someone will come forward. But um, yeah, it's um, I guess almost like, yeah, it sounds like a the game was yeah very similar to Port Vale, but um yeah, I guess the positives. Nice talking about the ladies' team and obviously interesting to see um, your team, Sean. So, yeah, it was great to have you on the podcast. Cheers. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I did. Thank you for having me.
No worries. You found my house in the end, so that was fine. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> this podcast wouldn't have happened. But, yeah, um, I was yeah. to knock on the wrong one. Exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was cracking. I think, it was a, it, I think I've, I've really enjoyed listening again to our guest, Ollie, and, and, and finding out what people think about these players that we've, we've sort of got our views of. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be back with another guest next week, and uh, we shall see you all for episode 21. Now we're into the 20s now. We're getting into our, uh, you know, mature years now, Ollie. We've done the teenage years toddlers where we just throwing everything toys out the pram we're getting to having to be a bit more respectable now in our in our 20s ollie so we'll have to try and think about the tone of the podcast <laughs> i don't really think of that yeah they're brilliant hopefully we'll have something a bit more positive to talk about but um yeah i think it's gonna be a tough one isn't it millwara picked up a couple of results they scored five goals in the fa cup and they've won a few games um recently so yeah it's gonna be a tough challenge for for paul hurst and the man yeah oh well good stuff anyway cheers to listening guys and we shall catch you next weekend see ya Bye. cheers oh,